It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Welcome to this uh, episode of Talking Peaks. I'm here with Mike. Hi, Mike. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Excited to talk about Twin Peaks. Yeah, I was a bit down on, on the last episode we talked about, which was, I think, yeah. part 12. It's vastly improved since then. <laughs> yeah, I think that the, the, the worries that we had about nothing happening have certainly gone away. Yes. Uh, should, we, should we jump straight in? We've got four sort of areas that we want to talk about. The first being, well, we're calling it West Montana. And this is the, the stuff to do with Evil Cooper. So the last time we left him, Ray had left him for dead uh, with the uh, the woodsman. And uh, Evil Cooper finally gets to find Ray. But he's being sort of backed up, I suppose, kind of motorcycle gang kind of thing. The leader of which, a fantastically looking actor. Uh, who, <laughs> yes. who, who says that no one that comes in here can get away without arm wrestling me and he's some sort of arm wrestling legend uh, hasn't ever lost a, an arm wrestle match I mean what a random thing as well I you know. know it's so strange it's so kind of childish but sinister at the same time so yeah. he arm wrestles him and obviously Evil Coop you think he's going to be in big trouble but he just plays with him it's wonderful you know he moves yeah. his arm Obviously, I'm doing this on on, the, on my arm on my table now. But when he moves his arm right near to where he's going to lose, he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm pretty uncomfortable here. I was more comfortable at the top." And it it just goes back and forth in a lovely way. And then, of course, yeah, he smashes great. his face in and kills him. It's a really good scene, actually. It's 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 very entertaining, and it kind of goes from being very funny to being very disturbing. You know, as Lynch yeah. does very well. I think it's the kind of the best and most sinister we've seen. Evil Cooper as well. Absolutely. It's been yeah. good I, to see a I, bit more of him. Ray's obviously watching with these other guys, and is is kind of well, you know, he, he's basically not happy. They decide to make uh, Evil Coop their new leader. If only mm-hmm. it was that easy. You know, to take over a motorcycle yeah. gang. I would have done it last week. Yeah, uh, just win an arm wrestle. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Bulk up. Come on, it can't yeah. be that hard. Evil Cooper shoots Ray in the leg so that he can't get anywhere. And he confronts him about, you know, why did you kill me? Who sent you? Ray says, you have something inside you that they want. This is cryptic, but we think that this is in relation to the good Cooper, evil Cooper storyline. You know, the whole idea that two can't be on the outside for too long. One has to go back in the Black Lodge. Yeah. Also, I think it it might be linked to uh, Bob, you know, and we saw yeah, that Bob, the yeah. woodsman kind of pulled Bob out of him in part eight. So maybe that was the thing that they wanted. I still Who knows? think it's Bob because, I mean, he still acted very Bob-like. 
in this scene. Is he a doppelganger who also happens to have Bob inside him, or is he just yeah. an evil doppelganger without Bob now? Are they one and the same? It's it's quite confusing. It is. Ray confirms that he was sent by Philip Jeffries. Now, there's a lot of Philip Jeffries stuff coming up, so I won't go into too much detail. Detail, but for those of you that watched the film Firewalk with Me, he was played by David Bowie. Yes. So if you need your point of reference. There you are. Cooper kills Ray, and he puts the ring on his finger, and he disappears. And obviously, that ring is very important. It's something we keep yeah. seeing over and over again. It was important in Firewalk with Me. It was something that Laura on and that was just before she died and the last time we saw it in the series was when Dougie as in the real Dougie was wearing it when he got sent back to the lodge and then kind of disappeared and all that was left was that ring Ray was supposed to shoot Agent uh, Evil Cooper and then put that ring on him which obviously he didn't do he shot him in part 8 but then for some reason never put that ring on him maybe he was too freaked out by all the um, weird sort of uh, woodsmen how quickly they they surrounded him when it happened the other way around so now at this point Evil Cooper kills Ray he then puts the ring on his finger and Ray's body just mystically disappears doesn't it and he's, he's in what we think is the red room. You've got the pattern, you've got the red curtains. We assume it's the red room, which we know is the, the entranceway to the Black Lodge. If that was the plan, then obviously it's to bring Bob or Evil Cooper or both back into the Black Lodge. But they failed. But I think you can tell other plans are afoot. Meanwhile, in South Dakota, we're still following all the FBI um, investigations. So that's Gordon Cole and Diane and Albert and Tammy. So first of all, they're sort of getting Diane up to speed still with everything that's happening since they've kind of let her into the circle. Although we're still not entirely sure whether they, they actually trust her, whether she's working for Cooper, whether they know that she's working for Cooper because she's been texting somebody something. I found, I found something very interesting. I know, I mean, obviously, you know, with all television shows, you know, there's a bit of exposition you know they need to explain but yeah albert was explaining to tammy about the blue rose before diane came in yes exactly so what yeah. i don't know is had they already told diane is this information they're not telling diane because yeah. that as you say they are monitoring what's going on so they're kind of double bluffing yeah. her whether or not she knows that or but it's it's all very very sort of i, I had a wonderful theory tammy's the spawn because she's come from nowhere we don't yeah. know much about her yet. Yeah, Albert and, and, and uh, Gordon trust her, but she's getting on the inside. And really, what has she really done? She's she's a, she's kind of like been sort of like an accomplice for Gordon and Albert. Totally. She's almost like a driver or a, she gets the coffee and the donuts. Mm. And it, it's weird. But yet she's now in the inner circle. I, I'm suspicious of her now. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to turn out that Diane is not siding with Evil Cooper. I'd be surprised if that's really what's happening. They're, they're sort of feeding Diane information anyway, and they and they tell her about the ring they found in Major Briggs' stomach, which is Dougie's wedding ring, I think, and, yeah. and or, or at least some sort of ring from Janie E, and it's actually inscribed to Dougie from Janie E. And this is when Diane reveals that she knows who that is, and she is Janie E's half-sister, uh, which is a huge thing. I did not see that coming. No, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Crazy. So she sort of said, no, we hate each other. We're estranged. We haven't seen each other in years. But I know that she's married to a guy called Douglas Jones. She's Obviously, she's never met Dougie because otherwise she'd go, oh, hang on. That looks exactly like that guy I used to work for. Again, you know, some people have, have had the theory that she might not be telling the truth and that this is her way of getting them to Las Vegas because she was getting texts oh, okay. from Evil oh, Cooper right. saying Again, Las I Vegas. I hadn't thought of that. That's a good, that's a good idea that this is, this is a way to get them to Las Vegas. 
Yes, very possibly. Mm. Who knows? So she sort of tells them this, and they then call, in a very funny moment, they call the <laughs> FBI in Las Vegas <laughs> and say, right, we need to find, get hold of all of the Douglas Jones, uh, you know, in, in, in Vegas or in Nevada. And there's just this moment where this kind of, you know, slightly stupid FBI agent is kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. And the other one sort of shouts at him, goes, this is what we do, we're the FBI, yeah, in this I very did. kind of comical, goofy, Lynchian moment. I did kind of laugh out loud at the Gordon Cole bit. I have haven't done for some time because yes. it's so overplayed but yes. i did laugh out loud because it was very comical this whole scene was great and full of brilliant moments i thought yeah, yeah that that was that was great meanwhile there's also a, a more exposition going on where albert is filling tammy in on some secrets and some backstory about the blue rose so this is yeah. this thing that we're constantly being drip fed information about uh, blue rose kind of is the kind of code word that they use for these kind of mystical strange disappearances or strange occurrences that have been happening that are connected to the Black Lodge and that kind of thing. And he basically tells about how it all started in the 70s. They were looking for a woman. I can't remember what her name is, Ruth. Somebody. No, I couldn't remember that. Um, but they, they, they find her in, in an apartment and she's been shot by someone who looks identical to her so there are two of the same person the one that's been shot says something like i am the blue rose or something and then disappears so so that's kind of uh, the the, how it all sort of kicks off basically there's this idea of doubles of a good one a bad one and this idea of somebody disappearing probably going into the black lodge in some way so yeah so that it's just another little bit of information then that we and tammy are learning so again yeah it's an interesting theory that maybe tammy is getting all this for for some other reason it's just interesting that that it only really occurred to me when watching this episode that we just don't know a lot about her and that she is now so in the know all the stuff with these characters is great i think because you don't yeah. quite know exactly who's trusting who and who's lying and who's bluffing and yeah it's great um and then we've got this brilliant scene where gordon cole says he had a dream he said he and he, uh, he says i had another dream about monica bellucci last night as if it, as if it happens a lot <laughs> and you kind of see albert's face he sort of scoffs slightly you yeah. know like thinking this is going to be gordon cole being a bit pervy again basically I, um I just say that monica bellucci is a fine looking woman uh um, absolutely so absolutely wrong with gordon cole's who, choice in ladies who hasn't had the odd dream about monica bellucci you know I'm that's fair gonna, enough i'm, I'm not going to say anything <laughs> <laughs> um so this brilliant dream sequence which is classic twin peaks you know mm. uh, it's all full of all these kind of strange riddles and things and he basically sat down in a cafe in paris with monica bellucci it's all Reminded black and white a little bit of inception it definitely has an inception feel to it and especially with what she says because she says she says this thing to him she says we are the dreamers who dream and live inside the dream but who is the dreamer all complete nonsense really but whether or not that means something and there's a lot of people getting quite interested by that last line especially who is the dreamer because there are some theories i think we're going to come to later regarding people like audrey where you start to think is something going on in somebody's head here is this all part of some sort of weird dream is this whole series going to be like a movie or like maholland drive where it's going to all turn out to be some sort of war or something he's got previous to doing that absolutely yeah yeah yeah. and, and this, nobody this... would mind and i mean we, we said a couple of weeks ago didn't we we said that the, all the scenes in the roadhouse are very weird and there was the theory out there that we put forward i think and others have put forward about it being time travel you know in the future i think they're now being quite upfront about the fact that the chronology is all out of order in this yeah. so you know people suspected this for a, for a while now but we're not actually being 
told the story in chronological order so it's very very interesting he has this dream about monica blucci says this to him and then he says at this point it gave me a very strange feeling of unease which is pretty much sums up anything in twin peaks and then he has a sudden memory it's like a repressed memory that comes back to him of sort of 30 years ago of this scene that we actually see in firewalk with me of when he was in um, philadelphia i think it was yeah the philadelphia uh, office yeah he's in his office with albert and Agent Cooper, and then who should march in but David Bowie's character, Philip Jeffries, who kind of, and, and it's this it's this key moment in the film in Firewalk With Me that doesn't really make any sense, uh, where he sort of appears out of nowhere, it's kind of time and space is all kind of weird and warped and displaced, and, and he marches in and he goes, and he points at Agent Cooper and he says, who do you think that is there? And so obviously right now, it's suddenly looking back on that scene, it's very, very interesting because you think, oh, did that have something to do with, is, was that foreshadowing you know, yeah. this kind of split Agent Cooper personality. I think we need to start giving Lynch and Frost credit. We thought that some of the stuff in Firewall with me, or certainly I did, was superfluous and not necessary. It really makes me want to go and rewatch that film at the end of this and see how many clues or how many things they both put into that. I know it was mostly Lynch, but I know that Frost was involved in some way. Definitely, um, yeah. It just makes me want to go out and watch the whole of the series again, the first two episodes as well. I oh. think when we get to the end of this series, I'm going to have to go back and watch at least this third series again. Oh, because yeah. oh. you, you just want to go back and see all of these little clues and these little scenes that kind of at the time meant nothing, Be- you know. Because in the way that Lynch does things where he holds camera shots and where he yeah. lingers, you just think everything's a clue. Yeah. You know, if we were talking about a normal director, let's say, I don't know. Uh, Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez, if he focuses on something, you know it's important because it's not what he does. When Lynch does it, you don't know, and that's the beauty of it. You don't know if it's important, but you don't take your eyes off it just in case. Something that seems the most important thing in the world could mean nothing, and vice versa. Something that is the tiniest moment could have huge importance later on. So, yeah, you just, and that's the thing about this program, isn't it? Every moment of it, you're watching going, oh my God, what does that mean? What does that mean? (laughs) So, that is all very, very interesting. And so, he suddenly remembers this moment, and Albert sort of says, yeah, I'm starting to remember that too. Very odd. And, but the the, the kind of Black Lodge stuff has always been linked with memory loss as well. People don't always remember stuff that happened. I guess it's all clues coming to together that maybe philip jeffries has something to do with what's happening it's, and it's the fact that, Cooper isn't... that david bowie isn't around because i do really feel like you know again yeah. obviously the big loss of the music but he he would have been in this people are still holding out because the, the you know the thing is that the I... actress who played the log lady died before david bowie did you know so yeah, that as... isn't yeah, but I mean, the thing is, is that they did do, I don't know if you stayed till the end of this one. Did you stay till the end? Of course you did. They did a yeah. tribute to David Bowie. You were stayed to the end of a David Lynch film uh, program. Yes. Uh, they did a tribute to David Bowie, which a lot of people are reading into the fact that, well, this is the last kind of like, you know, bit that we're going to use of him. And this was our tribute. But yeah, there, there's hope that perhaps they were able to record some stuff. Very possibly. Maybe, maybe, and I'd save that for the double ending. You know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, if you got something like that, I wouldn't waste it on an episode. I'd wait for the end. I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. That, you know. And it's exactly the sort of weird warped thing that Lynch would do where he'd put that in memory yeah. of David Bowie before you even actually see him crop oh, up. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know. So, yeah, we'll <laughs> wait and see. But yeah, I think that's pretty much everything that we get in South Dakota. Um, yes. And there's a little bit of Vegas stuff and then everything else is Twin Peaks, basically. Well, and that, that's another thing that I'm noticing, you know, we, we, we say we've done a few of these now um, yeah. and um, we're kind of noticing that uh, everything's kind of heading towards Twin Peaks isn't it yeah we're, we're spending the majority of our episodes in Twin Peaks aren't we 
and that it's all beginning to sort of you know all beginning to to come together right so las vegas there's not a lot going on in las vegas uh but what there is is kind of you know all, all related to dougie so we see a wonderful comic scene of the mitchum brothers and dougie and the three girls uh, conga lining back into the offices i uh, laughed and, and out it, loud it, it, at that again, moment it goes on a bit too long in that kind of like funny not funny way but what you see is that tom sizemore is kind of looking at it and i think he realizes that his number is up at this point you yes. know he, he kind of thought that oh no they didn't kill dougie therefore they're coming for me again the other funny thing is they buy sunny jim a jungle gym <laughs> yeah yes it's so yeah, funny so random and uh, the, the, those totally. those Mitchum brothers are now totally like lovely cuddly people who yeah. kind of want to buy everyone gifts and loves everyone it's really funny so yeah, yeah they, they treat they Sonny Jim to his own changed, jungle gym you know so but there's this bizarre moment when you see Sonny Jim playing with his jungle gym and it's like it's at night and it's all kind of fairy lit and there's this weird kind of spotlight moving around it's all very kind of weird sort of dreamlike sequence where you've got swan lake music playing in the background and stuff i don't know whether i'm supposed to read into that or if that's just david lynch being funny it's so it's so weird tom sizemore characters say hides under the desk he realizes kind of what's going on and he calls his boss this guy anthony sinclair the kind of um you know kind of really weird kind of shady character and he says you know dougie's still alive he says, you know, well, you've got to deal with it. I'll give you one more chance to, to kill Dougie. So yeah. he goes after two corrupt cops. There's a sort of a, a scene in the car park. But it, it, again, it's wonderfully weaved because he talks to the one cop and says, you know, I need this. You know, I need to know how to kill somebody without it. And then it, it, there's another cop that's been listening in and he comes up and he says, oh, I don't think there's, there's something wrong with him. You know, it's layers, isn't it? You know, there's yeah. people watching people watching people and it's, yeah, all, totally. it's all to do with that. They give him this undetectable poison. Uh, he takes Dougie for a, a, a damn fine cup of coffee and some cherry pie and obviously puts the poison in the coffee. But Dougie, again, with this kind of weird thing that he does where although he's not aware of anything around him, he, he, he has this sort of sixth sense to sense danger. And instead of drinking the coffee, he's distracted by the cherry pie and then by side Tom Sizemore dandruff. He's looking at him just kind of like, what is this? You know, I'm because he's this kind of like very simple character. You know, well, what is this? And I'm, it can brush away. And Tom Sizemore basically thinks he's kind of like standing over him and going, I know what you're doing. Yeah. And it kind of divulges his guilt, throws the coffee away. No, we've had a number of them now where Dougie comes out of himself. And it, this is the kind of like the people saying, oh, this is the Agent Cooper you know coming yeah. out i think it was just another brilliant moment of people misreading or reading too yeah. much into dougie you know it's so funny i'm I'm kind of on board with dougie now i quite I've, i think now yeah. that i've accepted we're basically not getting cooper back, back until at least the finale i reckon i just think i'm quite enjoying him now and i'm quite enjoying the fact that he just does nothing and everyone kind of reads into it you know it's i, I suppose a good metaphor for, yeah. for david lynch in general you know like it, it could just be a, a childlike random musings yeah. and everyone kind of reads way too much into it so there you go <laughs> my only issue with the, with the las vegas stuff really and and to some extent the south dakota is are we going to get these people going to twin peaks or is it going to be that the twin peaks stuff is one and Evil Cooper and Gordon and his bunch are going to end up in Las Vegas. I, mm. I'm still not entirely sure. I don't see how Dougie goes to Twin Peaks. No, no. At this time. But I think, kind of feel like he'll get his Agent Cooper awakening first. I think you're going to get them all coming to Las Vegas. Certainly now that I we have the that's what's going to happen next. And, 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 and Diane. I could see all of the South, all of the FBI turning up in Las Vegas. They find this kind of brain dead yeah. Cooper, and they they think right, we need to take him back to Twin Peaks, and they yeah. all take him back in the finale. So yes, uh, we head off west to Twin Peaks. 
lots of stuff going on in Twin Peaks. Some of it probably total rubbish and meaningless, yep. and some of it very important. So let's scoot through some of the uh, less important stuff, like Dr. Bloody Jacoby. Um, probably my least favourite thing about this season, Dr. Jacoby and his weird videos. But in this moment, it's yeah. actually quite nice. It's slightly different to the norm. He's driving past Nadine's curtain store at night and, and sees that, obviously, she's displaying his golden shovel in the window. And he kind of screeches to a halt, obviously, when he notices, oh, my God, somebody's bought one of my shovels and uh, and goes and knocks and discovers yeah, it's Nadine. I doubt anyone else has. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so him and Nadine have this quite nice exchange and they, they sort of say, oh, we haven't seen you in like nearly 20 years or something and she sort of says oh i'm your biggest fan and you know yeah. they it's it's kind of quite, quite a mundane again you know it was a throwback it was a classic clip i can't see any way that this storyline would have any importance to the bigger picture yeah. you know I, I i'm assuming this is just a side note because yeah. i can't imagine any way that this golden shovel or nadine's curtains are in any way going to weave into our agent cooper black lodge kind of yeah. narrative i do agree. <laughs> like, i do i do I completely agree from that there's a kind of hard cut straight to audrey and it's a very interesting thing i don't know again whether this means anything or not almost every moment in this program when we arrive at a new character or location you know it very much sets it up with a big establishing shot we see we see the woods we see the outside of the hotel we see the outside of the roadhouse or las vegas or wherever it might be now whenever we see audrey it's a hard cut straight into the middle of th this room yeah. and we're in the middle of their conversation so we we have absolutely no sense of place or time again i think that's probably quite important it's it this this whole audrey stuff is so disorientating and weird <laughs> yeah it feels like a dream yes it feels Atlas, different i think so i i hated um the first audrey clip and i actually liked this one a whole lot more because i oh, think yeah. it, it was it was even more overt in the fact that this is it, now it we're into shorter. proper weird territory <laughs> and it was shorter and and she actually says stuff that actually gives you more clues that okay there is something weird going on here she sort of keeps saying i don't know who i am i feel like i'm somebody else or i'm living somebody yeah. else's life and she's and she still says i want to go to the roadhouse but i don't remember where it is you're clearly getting from this because there were so many theories about after her first scene everyone said is she in a coma has she gone mad yeah. is she with a well, psychotherapist well she was in a coma at the end of series two wasn't she so that that's where a lot of people yeah. got that through because she was in the blast at the bank there's totally something weird going on with her you know that i think what we're seeing there is deliberately disorientating oh, and definitely weird there's something more to it and and just the the, the way that her and this guy charlie who's a meant to, apparently her husband talk to each other is very odd and they use weird phrasing and weird words yeah. he says to her in a kind of threatening way okay so are we going to get on with here in key west we were out before it was in in this open and inclusive paradise you can be yourself make new friends and savor our live and let live vibe with lgbtq plus friendly accommodations our legendary nightlife and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With this, or do I have to end your story? And what does yeah. that even mean? 
mean? I mean, people have been is speculating he, is a he lot the doctor about that that, you know, that's looking after in the coma? Is he? We don't know. Yes, yeah, it's very, very odd. Is he some sort of mind, something going, something in her mind, you know? Yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Um, with which she replies, is that the story about the little girl who lived down the lane? And again, absolutely no clue what that Scratching could mean. It feels like something that should be important, maybe just because it's Audrey, but who knows? She's still talking about similar characters to the ones she was talking about last week, Tina and Billy. And again, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about Billy in a bit, but um, yep. Billy is a character who has been mentioned even before Audrey. There was that scene in one of the early episodes where somebody just walks into the diner when it's booming and busy at night and goes, has anyone seen Billy? And then leaves again. I don't know if yeah. you remember that. Well, that, that um, was classically the only episode which didn't end in the roadhouse. Meanwhile, Sarah Palmer. Now, there's a, there's a there's a lot of interesting stuff going with Sarah Palmer. Um, maybe I'll I'll do all the Sarah Palmer bits in one. Yeah. Um, well, only so that first... I'll say that a lot of people have picked up on the fact the clip that you're you're mentioning is about her watching this boxing clip on a clip on a on a loop. Everybody thinks it's the boxer from Las Vegas. Yes, I know. And I people don't know, have picked up hilarious. on the fact that he's wearing the same trout, the same boxing uh, shorts as in the picture behind him. But what's even more fascinating about this scene, I think, is the is the, is the idea of time. And she's yeah. she sat in her living room, in her sad, horrible living room, where she's got bo- empty bottles everywhere, uh, uh, an ashtray that's got about two hundred cigarette butts in it, and she's yeah. watching this one tiny clip of a boxing match. It kind of plays out across about five seconds, and then there's a kind of hum or buzz of electricity. Really she's watching it. It's almost like she's watching static on the television, like she's just sitting there, spaced out. I think it's also a clue, isn't it? It's yeah. it's 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 again the way that time is fractured in in the world of this black lodge. You know, we go back to the first few episodes we talked about when time kind of skipped and frames skipped about backwards and forwards whenever there was something black lodge related and it had that feel to it this this boxing match kind of buzzed with electricity and went back and forth and yeah. repeated itself. And and also an interesting thing is we see that she's finished her bottles of vodka. And in the in the episode before, we saw her buying these in the supermarket. Now, again, a lot of people are speculating either she finished them all really, really quickly because she's an alcoholic, or yeah. that scene in the living room takes place before. Well, I I would like to point out that she never took the bottles of vodka with her. She left them in the shop, and the blo- the boy said, "I'll take them to her." So uh, we we all assume true. there are a lot of people who assume that the boy is the person that's in the kitchen when uh, Hawk comes round in the episode twelve. Yeah, but again, yes. no guarantees. I don't know whether those are new bottles or old bottles. But I, I, I like the. I mean, you're certainly supposed to think, you know, she's just drunk them all recently. I think we're questioning more and time, more now yeah. time yeah. and the whole concept of time. And I think that boxing match is a clue as well. It's it's a time yeah. loop, you know. Yeah. So it's it's very, very interesting. I think I find all of Sarah Palmer's moments very interesting and sinister, you know, and even when very little is happening. Uh, the next time we see her, she's stepping into a bar. Um, and this is not a bar that we've seen before. This is not the roadhouse. No. This is a... Uh, a considerably more unsavoury-looking bar, well, I would yeah, say. Well, yeah, real sort of sawdust <laughs> on the floor type, and obviously salubrious characters. So she sits down, orders a drink. Obviously, they blo- know her in blo- there. They well, interestingly, of... she orders a Bloody Mary. And then this horrible man comes up to her, and again, a classic kind of David Lynch villainous character who's kind of hates women, is very, very violent, uses very, yeah. very, very nasty language, and is extremely threatening. And she's kind of pretty non-phased by him to begin with. And then there's just this moment where she turns to him and she 
reaches up to her face and she basically removes her face uh, and and peels it off in a way that we've already seen happen in the Black Lodge yeah. that her daughter Laura Palmer did in episode one. We see behind her face there's this kind of black void, but we do see this smile in a yeah. very kind of creepy wide smile. And then she puts her face back on and she essentially claws out to sort of eats out his throat and leaves him dead on the floor. We talk about Twin yeah. Peaks being that merge of horror and drama and science fiction, all these things. This was the most horror part of the of the of any episode I've seen so far. Definitely. It's 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 up there with the frog creatures crawling in people's mouths and oh, skull yeah. crushing oh, yeah, from episode so, yeah, eight. Yeah. It's it's terrifying and um and who knows what that means? A lot of people, again, um, theorizing that that smile mm. is the same smile that you see in that famous Laura Palmer prom picture that is everywhere. You know, that's that, that's Laura Palmer behind yeah. her face, you know, driving her. But again, what does this mean? Is that not Sarah Palmer? Has she been possessed? Has she been replaced by a doppelganger? Is she, well, cer- certainly you know, straight <laughs> afterwards, you know, she, she kind of snaps right out of it and she reacts first to the dead body on the floor, even though she did it. Who knows? Is it a similar thing to what happened to her husband to Leland is this something new you know obviously the last time we saw her in the supermarket she said to the shopkeeper something's happened to me something happened yeah. to me I don't know what's going on but I'm loving every minute of it really that I, you know I love all this kind of stuff so yeah. where, where the sort of police are concerned the sheriff station you've still got these characters of Hawk Sheriff Truman that's Frank Truman and you've got Bobby Briggs um, and you've got Deputy Andy we're still in this process where they are waiting for this date where they can go to this point on the map that they got from Major Briggs that used to be where Bobby played as a child called Jumping Jack Rabbit's Palace. It's or just something. Jack Rabbit's Palace. And again, another clue that chronology is all weird is that when we see Bobby in the diner with um, Ed and Nadine, he says, oh, we got something, we found something in my dad's house today. And actually, that happened about three days ago. Well, yeah, and, and a number what... of episodes ago, something like 10, yeah. wasn't it? It's an episode and 10 he... or something. So, yeah. And also between that happening, we've seen Bobby in the diner at night when that gunshot went off and all that oh, that's all hell right, broke. Yeah. So it definitely wasn't on the same day. But yeah, no, who knows? We finally get to this point now uh, where they're going to go to this, this this these map coordinates. Before they go, there's a kind of funny exchange in in the uh, in the sheriff station. First of all. Uh, Lucy receives a call from Gordon Cole. So again, this is kind of our first um, first moment of these two strands coming together, of these two areas coming together. He's deaf, she's a bit dim, they can't communicate with each other very well. And then Truman briefly speaks to Gordon Cole and says, oh, by the way, we found Laura Palmer's diary pages and we have reason to believe that there might be two Coopers. So again, just another reason that all these plot strands are have finally coming together. Why did yeah. he mention the key from the hotel room at the lodge mm. it's well is it... it's relevant to the case yeah i so think why didn't he mention it i think because it hasn't happened yet again it's all this time stuff but i think oh, that yeah, hasn't right. happened that. yet time gets away with everything well it's got something to do that. with the jumper it's all to do with lucy's jumpers right and lucy is wearing a jumper that she was wearing ages ago in the episode where she watches uh chad collect the post and oh, so yeah, like yeah, yeah, the one we it had been about, happening yeah. on that day a long time ago you know so very very peculiar again it all it all requires a rewatch i feel i need but, to go back uh, and watch the whole series again now let alone yeah at the end, you know i know i know it's baffling it's absolutely it's a good baffling. thing you're here um, like, so anyway you. 
<laughs> it's a good thing I read all these Reddit threads and everything. Yeah, it's a good thing we do our research, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They they go out into the woods. They finally get to this point now where they they're at, they they've got their map coordinates. They've got their time and date, and they get there. They find the tree that is you know this place that Bobby used to go as a child. This Jack Rabbit's palace. Very ominous looking tree. Very ominous looking tree as ever. Great kind of ominous woods. Ominous great trees. Great casting. Great casting in that role. and then they get to this actual point on the map and shockingly there they find this naked woman lying there unconscious um and it's the woman that we've recognized from i think part three who is in the purple room the woman who had no eyes who was kind of moving backwards and forth and sort of making strange clicking noises and who was talking to agent cooper in that strange floating space station and the last time we saw her she was on the roof of that space station she pulled a lever and she shot off into space and now she's lying in the woods in twin peaks so here we go so very very odd now, this character um, is known as Nido. She pointed at the calendar in part three, and the date on yes. the calendar for her was it's the, the date same date. Right now in Twin Peaks. So it's obviously that's happened straight after she. And, and she she was the one that um, was she the one that went up into the roof in the sky, pressed a lever, and got and, and fell into the sky. The sky. Exactly. She kind of. So it's like we haven't been space. seen since then, but we obviously know now that must be another way out of the Black Lodge. And then they see this kind of swirly vortex start to appear, very similar to the one that um, occurred in Do- Dakota that David Lynch's yep. character saw. W- whereas with that one, David Lynch looked into that vortex and saw the what was probably the Black Lodge. You know, he saw the yep. horrible woodsman all stood on some stairs. This time, Andy actually goes into it. He gets sucked into this other place. And this place, I think, is the White Lodge. Yeah, uh, I, I, I would agree that because you've got the giant in there, that I would agree that you, this is more likely to be the White Lodge rather than the Black Lodge. This looks That's like the place, the, the, the black and white place that we saw in part eight where they created Laura Palmer, that whole weird moment with the giant yeah. and the opera singer. This is just a bizarre moment because I never ever thought I would see Andy, who's very much a kind of comedy character, now play this role where he sat in the White Lodge talking to the giant. I mean, it's mental um, this is kind of like almost an awakening because nobody's really ever known andy was the comedy character in the first two series here we are at a crucial crucial moment and out of the four that were standing there it's andy who gets sucked into the white lodge yeah yeah and that again a lot mind. of people got different different theories about that maybe because andy is the most innocent the most pure the most good out of all the uh, characters may, in twin peaks may, may, I kind of say, is. may i just say the dreamer yes Maybe just saying is. it. Maybe he is. And let's not forget that episode one, series one, the pilot starts with Andy discovering Laura Palmer's body and yep. crying over it. Absolutely. Um, yep. Maybe what we've actually, yeah. maybe what we've actually been watching this whole time is Andy's story, not Agent Cooper's story. You know, <laughs> this is it. It's mind-boggling. That has just blown my mind. <laughs> So anyway, Andy returns from the White Lodge. He's not stuck there. So instantly he's back in the woods. After Well, basically what he does is he sits opposite the giant, first of all. The giant tells him, I am the fireman. So that's yes. who this giant is, apparently the fireman, uh, and uh, shows him a kind of montage of images on a screen. Some of them we've seen. So it's like the nuclear Phil, I bomb. I need to watch that about six or seven times before I fully understand it. A lot of them occurred in part eight, that the whole yes. kind of birth of Bob from the nuclear yeah. blast. But then also at the end of it, a strange just image of Andy and Lucy together in the police station. That is a scene that we haven't seen yet. And is that going to have some importance? Backs up who the knows? whole time travel thing, doesn't it? You know. 
and it looks like you know he's showing lucy something he's pointing to a doorway and she's moving towards it and then it cuts to that lamppost that electrical cable oh yeah the... with the number six on it and then it and then it cuts out so who knows again what any of that means and then uh, and then he's he's put back on earth again and he's back well, they, 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 they end up back at the tree, which is important because originally they were at the coordinates. They end up back at the tree and he's... Carrying... Ah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, and the others are all kind of like, well, what happened? So there is that kind of memory loss from those that didn't enter the White Lodge, I think. Right. And then Andy's the only one and he's holding Nado uh, in his arms like, we need to get her back. We need to keep her safe. And they're all kind of looking. And then there's that wonderful moment, isn't there, between uh, Truman and Hawke. like, what happened? all that stuff that you know where they found the coordinates has just been wiped from their memories yeah because the only important thing was with andy yeah crazy. Um, absolutely crazy but brilliant absolutely great. brilliant as well really brilliant it's like the mirror image of that scene in dakota where all of them go and see the other vortex isn't it it's the kind yeah. of good version of that you know where poor matthew lillard gets his head ripped apart uh, this is but they've rescued somebody you know it's kind of the uh, it's the good yeah. part so so yeah they take this woman back and they uh, what i find is quite funny is they put her they lock her in a cell <laughs> to keep her well, safe well, we've, we've think... skipped over one important part haven't we about oh, the yeah, fact that they, they arrested the corrupt cop oh yes, that chad. Nobody liked it. chad chad and they corrupt they they, they they found out that he must have been you know as you say interrupting intercepting posts doing bad things you know on the take so they arrest him and put him in jail so you're right nado is downstairs in the cells alongside him and somebody else who we Some don't know somebody somebody who's been i'm assuming arrested for being drunk and disorderly a terrifying looking guy who is kind of bleeding from the face and mouth covered in dirt and and is basically repeating everything or that everyone is saying it. in a very dougie fashion as well yeah but a much um, more sinister way than dougie would do it a much more exactly. kind of mocking way but you're right that kind of like I hear, I speak. So Lucy and Andy sort of put her in this cell. She's kind of speaking in this strange language that they don't She's really understand. She's almost whistling and kind of chirping, isn't it? It's almost kind of bird-like. Chad is going, shut the hell up. And then this other guy is kind of repeating her and is repeating Chad. And it's quite creepy. It's just the whole scene yeah. is very, very weird because everyone's kind of making these noises. It reminds me a bit of the pilot episode when Bobby is locked in a cell opposite James. And oh, is yeah. And he starts barking. Yeah, I do remember that. That was a brilliant scene. Very very, very ominous scene now the thing i think a lot of people think is maybe that character is billy the character who's bleeding because when audrey talks about him and later when these other girls talk about him in the roadhouse which we'll get to they'll say oh B- billy was bleeding from the face and mouth yeah. um and, and he's missing so I, I wonder if that's him good call good call knows? shall i lead us through the last little bit yeah uh, let's do which it. is this bit about um well james hurley does a sort of a, a guest appearance at, uh, at the roadhouse uh, in, in episode 13 the, the reason that he's more in this episode is that we find out that he's now working for ben horn he's a security guard at the hotel and he's out the back taking a break and he's he's with his very cockney mate freddie now this is great mm. the americans would have hated this but i i liked the accent and oh, i liked God, it, was it. So i don't funny know. yeah yeah and it's so great but the americans would go what the heck i need to turn the subtitles on yeah very uh, cockney very cockney now he talks about an experience about why he was there and first of all he doesn't want to do it it's 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 uh it's james's birthday and james like go on tell me it's my birthday please tell me and uh he says that basically he got this glove now he can't take the glove off it's a green glove on his right hand interestingly the hand he would do arm wrestling with 
Something Ooh. to remember. Something yep. to remember. He says, you know, how did you get that? And he says, I was visited. Very strange. I was visited by the a giant called the Fireman. He called himself the Fireman. He told me yep. to go into this shop, buy the glove that was on its own, and then get a plane to Twin Peaks. And he said, what was really weird was I woke up the next morning back at home. And I go to the shop and the guy wouldn't sell me the glove, but there was a glove, just one glove. Like he said, I got the glove. I ran out of the shop. I went to the airport. There was already a ticket for me at Twin Peaks. Yeah. And he's, I'm just, I'm just here. Basically it, 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 you can now see that there is some sort of plan in place for this bloke. Freddie yeah. has a part to play. Now, this is my theory. Either he is going to deck evil Cooper Yes, and he's the only one with enough strength to knock him out, or we're going to get a repeat of the arm wrestle. Those are the only two <laughs> yeah. theories that I can get with. So thinking, why would you place somebody with a magical right hand? I know it's bizarre. It, it's, it's so it's made bizarre. Me, I haven't thought about much else all week. If I can tell you, Mike, this has dominated no. me thinking. It is so intriguing that clearly this whole thing is a game of chess of, right, well, I'm, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to I'm going to send someone in with, a, with an arm. And it, it's a real chess match going on between the Black and the White Lodge. Effectively, yeah. I really believe this is going to be the crux of the finale. I think so as well. And what a time to bring in a whole new important character. You know, well, it's crazy. Lynch is not afraid to do that. I mean, he's done it in nearly every episode. He's brought in new characters. With the, with the majority of them, I kind of shrug them off, thinking, oh, they're just there for some sort of weird oh, effect. No, this, but this yeah. guy feels important. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. And it's a great it's a great scene all round. I think, uh, you know, he's good. I think James is good in it. I think his acting has improved vastly since 1992. Um, and, yeah. uh, and the whole scene, I, I really enjoyed it really enjoyed the whole story i thought it was great and then it's followed up isn't it by this moment when james kind of walks into the fur like the furnace area yeah. of the basement and that's all very ominous well that that is supposed to be a link back to some of the scenes that we got in the hotel where there are all these strange noises so this is underneath the hotel um yeah. and it's linking to that so again there's that theory that yeah there's more going on in twin peaks you know there's more entrances to the lodges or more spookiness and strangeness going on has these last two episodes kind of renewed your your vigor for this a little bit Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and uh, to be honest, I haven't. My vigor hasn't gone, but I think no. that what I think because it got very, very good. I was really enjoying nine, ten, eleven, twelve was so bad and frustrating yeah. that I was a bit disheartened. Thirteen was much better, and then fourteen was outstanding. My mouth dropped open through every single moment of it. You know, every moment felt like a reveal. It was great. Regardless of whether I'm a Twin Peaks fan, that's what the good television is when you can't take your mind off it. And, and and something that we talk about a bit on our other podcast, you know, so much now is, you know, you, you follow along with Twitter. I was fixed yes. on this. I don't care if the door, you know, if somebody came in the door, I'm watching this episode and I'm enjoying every minute of it. I think it's all leading to something really interesting. And, you know, as ever with this program, I just have absolutely no idea. I, I couldn't oh, no. begin to predict how it's going to end, to be honest. Well, I, I think our, when we do our next double episode, which we which we like this format now, we'll do a double episode after episodes yeah. 15 and 16. We'll have to sort of ask people for their predictions and we'll have to kind of I think me and you are going to have to put our neck on the line. Yeah, I think and we we're going to have to write some stuff down and put some things on podcasts to say what we think is going to happen we've formed some good opinions throughout this episode these this recording yeah things that we think but i think the next two will help but i think before that finale 
we we've got to we've got to call ourselves experts for a reason mike come on (laughs) (laughs) absolutely but what i love about this program is that you just have no idea really nobody does you know i mean i could never have predicted that tonight we'd be talking about andy going into the white lodge and that woman from part three coming back and appearing in twin peaks and diane you know yeah there were so many big moments in these episodes that as you say ain't no one ever seen coming which was was the joy of it you know as we said you know that there is a joy in in being surprised in this age where nothing is surprising he's managed to sort of you know create a program again that's surprising yeah he's changed the game again which is amazing yeah so love it brilliant where can the people tweet you their uh, their theories and their 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 thoughts on twin peaks they can find me on twitter i'm at the movie mike and you can find me at the gary show i didn't realize we were doing the branding the the thing you know i didn't even realize oh, we were yeah. doing it. there you go there you go uh and uh, if you do want to get in contact with us you can do so um custard tv reviews at gmail.com i did have a tweet uh, from somebody but unfortunately it seems to have gone off my timeline it was just after the last episode and basically they said they were enjoying the podcast and you know loving the fact that you know there was just so much weirdness and you know stuff and they can't wait i actually spoke to a friend of mine who works in television yesterday he's going away for a week and then when he comes back he said oh i've been listening to your podcast i need to talk to him with you i hope we're not building it up too much but i really feel like we're coming into something good totally totally and then and then i just can't wait however it ends i can't wait to go back and watch it again as one piece you know as a piece and see what it then how it holds together you know yeah we'll, we'll be living on those uh waiting for the uh, the box set to come out uh, totally and maybe he'll do a box set maybe in there there'll be a chronological order oh well there'll definitely be some sort of fan-made version of that anyway <laughs> oh and i found that tweet uh Beeble pete thank you very much for your tweet at Beeble pete and he he tweeted me regarding his his love of the podcast and his love oh. of in general so thank you very much a big Brilliant. thank you so thank you very much and we'll see you next time we'd love to hear from you drop us an email custard tv reviews at gmail.com With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.